News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, in 2020, Galway-born nurse Aoife Cummins learnt of her HIV diagnosis while living and working in Sydney. She kept her illness a secret from her parents for two years and now aims to use her own personal experience to educate and support others. And she joins us now. Um, good morning to you, Aoife. Thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us about this. I suppose one of the things that makes your story quite interesting is the fact that as a straight woman, you're not the classic person that we associate with HIV but that probably can be quite isolating if you are that woman. Definitely. Uh, it took me a long time to kind of find other women to talk to about it. And as a consequence, did, do you think that made it, it harder? Because, you know, if you have peers with HIV, that would make it a little easier. And I know in the kind of the men who have sex with men community, there is great support for people who are HIV positive and there's great understanding around it. Um, but that may not be the case in all communities. Yeah, definitely. Um, I found the first year very isolating and very lonely when I was in Sydney and I finally reached out about a year later and joined a woman's group. Um, and that was, that was really lovely. Um, but then when I came back to Ireland again, there was that isolation, that loneliness for okay. so long. Um, and then I reached out to um, Robbie Lawler and he introduced me to some women. And I know you were very unlucky that you, you contracted HIV from your then partner, but you, you and your partner were, were relatively new in terms of relationship and had done tests and everything for STIs but but he was within the window where he hadn't turned positive so you you, you both thought you were doing all the right things and it was ex- it was extremely unlucky on on your part tell me why you didn't tell your parents for so long um well I lived in Australia for the majority of that time and I just didn't want to tell them over the phone I didn't want it to be over text message so I I said I, I kept pushing it off and then I moved home to Ireland that February and I was like, I'll tell mum soon, I'll tell mum soon. And I kept just pushing it off and pushing it off. I was just scared. I just didn't know how they were going to react. And I knew they didn't really understand the whole concept of HIV. And I knew they would think it was a, a gay man's disease. And I knew they would think that it was AIDS and that I was dying. And yeah. I just didn't want them to be worried. And I was very well, I'm fine. So yeah. I didn't want them to be and, freaking out. And those out. misconceptions, of course, do do still exist. When you did finally tell them, how, how did they react? My mum reacted quite well. She had found my meds, so she'd been doing some Googling. Um, my, so she kind of had like a good baseline of, she, she knew the basics, but my dad didn't react great, kind of exactly how I expected him to react, to be honest. He was a bit angry, kind of said, you know, we, we always, you know, instilled safe sex in you. I can't believe this happened. And I kept explaining to him that we were having safe sex and my partner had gotten false negative in the STI checks, but he just wasn't taking it in. I think he was in shock. Yeah, well, you know, no one ever wants anything to happen to their little girl or indeed their little boy. So I, 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 you know, and and now I suppose one of the reasons you're talking about this is is that you are highlighting that this isn't a, a gay man's disease, that this isn't just something that happens to other people and that this is something that maybe people need to educate themselves about, that it's not, I think it has fallen off the agenda for a lot of people. Definitely. I think when it, when it, before I got it, I would, I always would say that would never happen to me. Oh my God, that could never happen to me. I knew that there was a risk for women to get it, but I always just assumed as most people did that it was way more prevalent in the gay community and it was very rare for a straight man or a straight woman to catch it. So I didn't really worry about it. 
Um, and now I just realize that even with me having very safe sex, I still got it. And I just want people to, to realize that there is a risk and, you know, people should be just aware and have safer sex and get tested regularly. And, you know, the more people talk about it, the more people get tested, the less shame there is around it. And you, of course, are, are a nurse, Aoife. How, how have your colleagues reacted? Um, great. I've had loads of support in work. I think people were shocked. Um, and I think a lot of nursing colleagues and people I went to college with all said, wow, you know, I didn't actually know a lot about HIV. I need to go back and, you know, do a bit more research, but more study. Cause again, it, it's not very well covered in the, you know, in the college yeah. syllabus. It's, it's, you know, we, we wouldn't get much of it in the hospital if you're not working in sexual health. So it was a lot of people, you know, they really didn't know that much about it. And if you wanted to put out a kind of a message this morning to people listening, you know, about either living with HIV or indeed about safe sex or about PrEP or any of those things, what would you say? HIV is so easily treated now. I think people still think it's this, you know, awful disease and I'm going to have a short lifespan, but I take one tablet a day and I get two blood checks a year and that's that's all it is you know the worst thing about HIV is the stigma I just still feel very stigmatized people still very judgmental around it they still think it's this awful disease Mm. but it's and it's it's really not it's it's so so easily treated and I think you know I think just people just need to you know get tested and and be safe and prep is free in Ireland and you know everyone has sex at the end of the day so why are we judging everyone do you know yeah, look, uh, a really important thing to highlight and thank you for coming on and speaking uh, to us about it and telling us your story. We do appreciate it. That is Aoife Cummins there, who is a nurse and uh, I think is probably booking a lot of stereotypes there. And uh, if anyone wants more information about HIV, you can go to HIVIreland.ie. Now, the time is just about to hit uh, 20 to 8 here on News Talk Breakfast. Uh, time for us to take a look at the stories hitting the headlines online and in print this morning. Look after each other. That was the emotional advice given by the fathers of two university students killed in attacks in Nottingham, as reported in today's Guardian. Uh, the families of the deceased have paid emotional tributes to them in a vigil attended by thousands of people in the city. Uh, Barnaby Weber and Grace O'Malley Kumar, both 19, were killed in the early hours of Tuesday, along with a 65-year-old school caretaker, Ian Coates. A 31-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of murder and and remains in custody. Uh, Grace is the daughter of Irish-born consultant anaesthetist Sinead O'Malley and granddaughter of Professor Kevin O'Malley, former chief executive of the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. One of the most tragic uh, murders, I think, affecting a lot of people at the moment. Very uh, upsetting indeed. Now to the Irish Independent. Explosive claims of of Garda collusion in the distribution of drugs have been made in the High Court. A judge heard allegations that a number of officers supervised the importation of drugs and controlled the flow of shipments to dealers. A detective sergeant who later rose to a senior rank and is now retired was identified in an affidavit as being centrally involved. The allegations relate to the period between 1997 and 2014. At least 79 people have drowned as a refugee boat sank off the coast of Greece. A Greece-based journalist Lydia Emanulidou spoke to us a little earlier. There are estimates that there were up to 600 people on this boat. A few more than 100 have been found alive so far. The really tragic thing in this story is that survivors have said that there were at least 100 or so children and women on board and that many of the children had been put in the lower deck of this fishing boat. But so far, there are um, none of 
these, you know, children that were, according to witnesses on the boat, have been found alive, and dozens, potentially more than a hundred of a hundred children and, and women, um, and, and other people, of course, have have drowned. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk.